Hello and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that change everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible and ultimately pushed them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. I'm Jeff, and once again, I have the privilege of talking to amazing people who are truly innovating in their particular entrepreneurial space. And it's a chance for us to really get to hear their stories. Now, today's guest was a celebrated gymnast who competed in all six men's artistic gymnastics events, who has now vaulted into becoming an expert in technology, business planning, ops management, and more, and can help springboard your accounting functions into the future with Accounting Seed, where he is the founder and CEO. He's Tony Zork. Welcome, Tony. Hi, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. Oh no, we're grateful that you're uh, that you took the time to be with us today. Now I want to get into your story, especially how you went from gymnast to CEO. I think that's a great. There's a great story in there. But before we do that, give us a brief overview of Accounting Seed, if you would, just like the elevator pitch yeah, as yeah, to what it, you guys do there. Yeah, absolutely. So Accounting Seed is really the world's first accounting platform. It's powered by Salesforce.com. Um, but it's a fully, it's a horizontal application, Jeff, and it really serves serves mid-sized businesses. So customers who've outgrown a small business accounting solution like a zero or QuickBooks and are ready for the next chapter, as well as we, we're moving up into the enterprise market as well as serving, you know, big, bigger customers. So, but it's a fully functional platform, whereas most, what, why, why I kind of started it and why I built it was that most software in the business space or even software in general is built with this kind of this paradigm of um, we, the manufacturer, we, we, the people who make the software, we know what you're doing with the software and we've engineered it a certain way and you should change your business to do it the way we built the software. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And as an, I come from a consulting background and all the time I was hired to best fit this software you know, into uh, these companies, right? And so it always went the same way, which is, okay, the software is pretty rigid and what things are you willing to change? And no, you you don't operate that way. So we got to customize, right? And and what things are we going to customize? So that was all the implementation of traditional software. And it was very painful to implement the software. Whereas our approach is really, here's a tool set and some basic functions that you need, in this case, accounting, and you can engineer it however you want. Um, so it's a really different approach. And that's what I love so much about, um, you know, our product and, and why I built it. So Awesome. Well, let's, let's, go, let's go back. Let's work our way up to like why you or where you got to this point. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, g- gymnastics. I know that yeah. you... I can do a um, handstand for you back here if you like. Yeah. <laughs> well, it won't work too well on the audio portion of yeah. this uh, podcast, but anybody who might see the video could see it. But yeah, t- um, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, I know you won uh, some, you were a uh, state champion at one point. You were yeah. pretty celebrated. Tell me a little bit about gymnastics and your passion for that. 
Yeah. Well, so I was a, I was a competitive gymnast and I, you know, made a, a pretty high ranking. I was recruited down to at the collegiate level, um, down at the university of Illinois. Um, but I was a state champion in, uh, Illinois in a few events and also, you know, competed in, uh, you know, placed nationally at several national events and, in, in the high school nationals, you know, I believe I was sixth in the all round and, and somewhere in the ring. So, um, you know, plays pretty high. Um, but yeah, so that was, you know, I, I was a gymnast for about seven years and just loved the, the sport of gymnastics. And I, I think it's a big factor kind of, it's it influenced me a lot, um, in, in, in everything I do, Jeff, and actually my book, I, my, my, I've just written a book with Forbes on what I call iconoclasm, which is really, it's, a, it's, it's what I believe is the key to success. It's a challenge design execute formula that I learned in gymnastics um, really well. And I've applied it to a lot of, to my business. I apply it to my personal life. I apply it to my marriage. I apply it to eating. I, I apply the same formula to everything. And I think it's universal, but I do, I still do uh, somewhat, I can still do a backflip on the beach. <laughs> I try to, every year I go out to, when we go out to the beach, I'm like, I'm, Another year down, it's I'm, I'm for I'm, I'm, if life begins at 40, I'm only seven years old. That's what I tell people. So <laughs> there you go. I, I keep doing those backflips and I can do a handstand pretty long till still too. So that's fantastic. Well, and, and I did want to kind of ask a little bit about about the book since you mentioned it already. We'll jump into that a little bit. Um, I know that in your bio on your website, it's it says that you were pretty, pretty excellent at the vault, the rings and the high bar, but there was an issue with the pommel horse. Tell me about that. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is, this is funny. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's in, in men's gymnastics, it's such a, um, you know, it's such a, it's, it's a, it's an interesting collection of events. There's six events in men's gymnastics. As you mentioned, there's the floor, the pommel horse, the rings, the vault, the parallel bars and the high bar. And all like all five of those events are like pretty similar and you have a similar skill set or, or there's transferable skill. The pommel horse is just this weird <laughs> odd duck that they throw in. And it's like really nothing like any of the other events on any level. And I just, I, I found it, it was my di most difficult event. Um, so that was the thing always that held me down from competing as an all arounder. So, so in, in event in men's gymnastics, there's six individual events, right? But then there's the seventh event, which is the all around and the all around is the combination of mm -hmm. all the six events. And that's really what I liked competing at because I was kind of, you know, I was, I was really good on the rings and stuff, a few events, but I, I really, I mean, I, I felt being an all rounder was really my, my key strategy. So I had to learn, I guess what I learned from all that was, you know, you're, you're always you know, I had to put so much, so much time into um, improving that pommel horse and become good at it and try to make that a strong point. But I think, you know, the thing that I've learned about that lesson that really transfers over to business mm -hmm. is this concept that I believe as an entrepreneur, as a leader, the whole job of being a leader is finding out what is the thing holding this organization back from growth right? What is that thing? What's the, and then you go fix that thing, right? And then you, then you ask that same question again, what is the thing holding us back now 
And in my case as a gymnast, it sucked because it was the same thing over mm. and over again. Right. But, but I think that it, it, you know, in just keeping, you know, disciplined on that question, it kept forcing me to ask that question. I learned to ask that question and I'm applying that question, but I, I think that was a huge learning lesson for me. Yeah. So, um, so you competed at the collegiate level as well. Is that, is that correct? I, I, or you I started... basically was done at the high school level. Gotcha. Yeah. I decided, um, so I went down to the university of Illinois as a recruit on their team. And then I basically figured out I was making like 70 cents an hour as a gymnast <laughs> and then like, you know, basically, you know, I was starting to think about my career, like where, right. where were things going? Right. And I, and, and it was really, you know, with, with all the hours, you know, 20, 30 hours a week in the gym as a gymnast, um, it just really left n- no other time. And then it was a focus. And I was starting to ask myself, well, is this my career? What can I do with this? And, you know, either you're kind of going to the Olympics or you're going to teach. And I was, um, I was a good gymnast, but I was nowhere near Olympic level. Right. I mean, you have to be the top six in the nation. And, you know, I, at best I was probably in the top 100 and, you know, I was nowhere near the top six. That's a long ways away from the top six. Right. And, and so I, I, you know, so that wasn't really an option for me. And then, um, you know, teaching, I was really not, my passion was not teaching gymnastics. So then I, I really started to think about my career and moving on. And, and that's when I retired, so to speak. Um, it's a lot of aches and pains too. Uh, sure. You know, c- competing at that level is, whew, wow, really tough on your body, you know? Yeah. And so what, I guess, drew you then to accounting? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, um, so I was, you know, I was kind of, I actually started out in pre-med at the okay. University of Illinois because um, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. I thought I wanted to help people. And everyone, every time you, when I was at that age and everyone said, oh, I want to be a doctor, everyone lights up like, oh my God, that's amazing. You should be a doctor. You're going to help people. It's, it's so respected and all this. And I loved all those accolades. But then when I got to uh, school, I'm like, God, I, I really don't like organic chem or any of these classes. <laughs> and, and business was always super interesting to me. I'm like, mm. I love business. I love learning about Wall Street and stocks and the, the market and all this, that stuff. And so then I was looking at jobs in business and accounting just had so many good jobs. And then it was, I, I thought it was interesting to get underneath, uh, you know, the, these organizations and kind of see how they're made and how all this was calculated. I thought, I thought it was, it was fascinating. I thought it was interesting. So I majored in accounting, got really good grades, and then I got out of school um, and became a CPA um, and then kind of started my professional journey there. And so you did a few other things before you set out on your own to start this business. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, I worked, you know, so I started out as a CPA. And then what I found about being a CPA, which was, it was, it was a wonderful experience. So I did two years at a, a firm BDO, which is, it's an international firm. And uh, it was a wonderful organization, you know, to work for. Um, but what I found about being a CPA, Jeff, was it, it was really like being an attorney, right? It was mm-hmm. like almost being like a specialized lawyer, because you would go in and, and review all this stuff after the fact and really assess did this comply with the law, right? Was this fairly stated in in conjunction of these laws? And I found like, I, I just found that work really boring for me personally. I, I, you know, it was all after the fact. It was not innovative work, not that it's not good work or not that it's not important work or not that we don't need that. 
but I, it was just not kind of forward thinking work. Um, and it was also really knowing all these rules. Well, that's which I kind of got burned out of that. I'm like, well, these rules were somewhat interesting to me, you know, but I, now that I've learned them, I don't need to know, like, what is the, you know, oil and gas regulations on capitalizing expenses. It just kind of lost at some point, a lot loses interest. Right. And it's not that interesting. And so then I, I climbed my way up the corporate ladder as an, a staff accountant, as a controller. I worked overseas for a couple of years for a company called Herman Miller. Um, and then I really got up to kind of the, the, I would say VP of finance, like CFO level of a, a midsize company. And, um, an interesting story there, this company I worked for, um, then, you know, went, went out of business. Um, it was a, it was a startup in the biotech and pharmaceutical space. And then they, they closed doors. And when that happened, I was like, just had this real, like, um, you know, I was around like 30, early thirties. Um, and I had this, you know, what, what do I love doing? What is my true passion? Like, what am I really excited about? And, and all along, I'm like, I really like the technology behind the accounting. I really like learning all about all this code and stuff. So I decided to go and sell uh, and implement uh, Microsoft mid-market systems. Uh, and then this opportunity. Uh, so I, I was doing that. I was doing great. I, uh, people like, if you like accounting and technology, like there's tons of jobs, there's tons of jobs. Like, fascinating enough that a lot of people like that. Right. So, but it, it pays, I'm telling you, it pays really well. And there's a, and and you will never be scrounging for a day of work in your life. You'd be like, there's, I mean, if I wanted to go back to any of that at any point, you're, you're in high demand. So it's a great field to get into. I really encourage if you have any interest to get into this field, um, do it. Um, but then, so uh, as I was helping people, you know, set up their systems and I was doing, I learned how to customize them. So I learned how to do, write some basic code and uh, routines and reports and queries and uh, that type of thing. So I came kind of a hack, hack developer along the way. And then one of my clients, about six of my clients in a row around um, the, around like the 2008 mark, uh, 2009, they're, they're like, hey, can you um, integrate this uh, Microsoft system into Salesforce for, for us? Uh, and I was like, um, I know. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know anything about Salesforce. Like, what's that? And then, like, I got the same request, like, six times in a row within, like, three months. And finally, I'm like, what on earth is going on with the Salesforce thing? Like, why is everyone asking about this? I mean, there's a bunch of work to be done. I better, I, I might as well, like, figure this out. Right. So I got in there and I'm like, Oh my God, what on earth is this? This is insane. I was blown away with what it was because it it was marketed as a, as a, as a CRM app, but what it really was, was a technology stack that you could build anything you wanted on. Mm. And I was like, this is insane. There's no, no. and, And then you could uh, work with other apps on it that other people build like seamlessly, like easily. And I'm like, oh my God, rather than uh, build, rather than integrate to this thing, I'm just going to, I should just build an accounting system on this thing. This this would be amazing because there'd be no integration plus all the tools that they have you could use on the back office. And then you're already connected to like 
uh, 2000 other applications like turnkey. I'm like, this is the future. I want to go with this. I'm going to do this. So I, I, I got a plan together. I started coding it myself. And, um, you know, it's funny because you're, I was listening to your podcast yet, uh, the other day and, um, you had a guy, Brian Clayton, who is the CEO of green pal, um, you know, on your podcast and, and, uh, it was just a great little story that he was saying of like, he didn't know anything about code and he got into this and he had to learn everything. And then you just don't know until uh, you get in there. And a lot of your guests, I, I feel the same vibes, you know, that's a very similar stories. I exact same thing. I'm like, okay, I can, I'm a hack coder, but I don't know how to really code. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I learned my best, but then started hiring people and, and took on a partner and then finally, you know, was able to uh, put out the release of this thing and, and, um, a full of a, a kind of a bare bones minimum release in in June July of 2011. So uh, about now it's going to be about 10 years. It's been out in the app uh, in the marketplace, and we've you know, have over 15,000 users sold it to over 1,500 customers, and it's had 30% growth year over year. It's just been wonderful. It's just been a wonderful, blessed kind of ex- experience. I've really really had fun doing it. So. That's awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about how you guys went to market then as far because obviously that I mean, to experience that kind of growth over this extended period of time. That's not something, you know, people just do by accident. You've had a strategy. What was it? Yeah, my strategy was work my butt off. Yeah, Uh, we and and by the way, we, we to this day have no outside capital. And I, I, you know, started it all on my own, right? And no debt and no debt, right? Mm. So what I did was in, in how I closed like the first, but the first 500 deals, I didn't have a sales team, right? So finally I built up and was able to hire salespeople to, 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 who now work for me, right? But, but in starting out, um, I just, you know, Jeff, what I think made it work was I was so excited about I, I love being a consultative salesperson, right? And just enjoyed it. And I think that that that's why people chose to go with me uh, over uh, over competitors because I loved listening to their problems. I uh, and then I'm like, oh yeah, we can do this. You want to see this? Here we'll do this. So we mocked up the app, and they got excited about it, right? It was fun, and they and then they became referrals, and then they told their friends, and it just it, it kept it kept going. But um, it really just enjoying the consultative uh, sales process and 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 getting into all these people's you know terrible problems they were having, right? And like, <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's fun to solve these problems, and I enjoyed it so. Do you think there's any specific tipping points that kind of happened along the way? I know you, I mean, you've mentioned a couple as to why you pivoted from gymnastics into accounting and accounting into technology and now back into accounting again. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first like 50, I mean, the first 50, like the first year we took on like 12 customers, right? And then it was the next year was like 36 and then it was like 60 and then it was 120. I mean, it just kept going up and up. And as we got this, you know, repeated, you know, success, I think there's, there's a couple things we had to do to find, like as a small business, you're always kind of finding your way. I think the biggest mistake we made early on was like trying to go too 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 um, far reaching in, in our functionality. Right. Um, Trying, try not not kind of focusing enough um, on a, a, a narrower scope, right? Um, 
and I think once we did that, then, you know, we were able to really, you know, function and, and, and get great traction. Um, you know, it's funny cause I, we also shifted. So, so you got to imagine I started this company, right. And it, I really wanted to build a recurring revenue company. That was really exciting to me. Right. Um, I love the concept of SaaS and recurring revenue. So, was, so we had no recurring revenue when I started. Right. So, how, and I had no outside capital. So how did we fund it? Mm. Well, we funded it through services of, you know, implementing the product, but slowly what I think when we could really scale about three years after that, we had enough recurring revenue. I didn't have to sell any more services. So I'm like, great, we're done with services. I'm never selling another service again. Right. Like, see ya. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm doing all recurring revenue, but no, the customers want, they, they needed the help. Right. And they're like, and then I couldn't get, like our average implementation is people spend like ten to to fifteen thousand dollars on it, which um, isn't much at all in the mid market in terms of implementation. And in most partners I have, like, won't touch an implementation under like twenty five grand, right? So we, if we still do a lot of services for those customers who just want a little bit of help, um, something small to help with. And, and uh, so we still have a staff. We do, we do those kind of services, but I think that was a big tipping point when you, when you're, when you're uh, you're totally not dependent on your sales model, um, you know, to, to have any kind of uh, in terms of scaling, anything holding you back. Cause if we were dependent on folks, then that affects how fast you can scale and deliver. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And now, and obviously that kind of sets you up to kind of do, I guess, pretty much anything in the future. What does the future look like for you guys now that you've kind of opened that uh, door open with, you've got recurring revenue, you don't have to worry about what, what are you guys yeah. looking to do to innovate in the future? Yeah. Well, so what, we're, where we're going is um, a couple directions. Like we have about five ways we're growing the business right now. It's insane. So one, we're growing internationally. Um, which the internet's created this crazy situation where there's a lot of uh, small companies like us that are global companies. Like we're, mm. we're, we're about 55 employees, but we're a global company. We have, we have customers all over the world and in Australia and in Myanmar, market, South Africa. I closed all these deals in Australia, like nine, nine at night, right. Type <laughs> of thing. Um, and so the internet's created this kind of, uh, situation for a lot of, a lot of small, tr- what would be traditionally a smaller business, but it is a global because of a niche they serve, which in our case, that that's Salesforce customers that can easily use the product. You don't have to be a customer. You don't have to be a Salesforce customer to use our product, but a lot of Salesforce customers are attracted to the product because it's so easy. So turnkey. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, so that's one way we're growing, you know, the, another way we're growing is, um, through, uh, you know, a couple of verticals, um, that we're, you know, we, we have a lot of functionality that does really well in nonprofit and, and government contracting those things. So we're, we're picking up and kind of growing those areas. However, we are still a very horizontal application. And then I'd say we're moving up market too, whereas we think we can, um, or we don't think we know where we're been traditionally mid market. We're going to continue to serve 
the mid market, but we we can also now uh, have a plan to serve the enterprise market where we believe we can have the world's largest corporations running on our uh, application and serve them very well. So those those ways, you know, we're scaling in all in all those ways. So. That's great. Before we go, I do want to give you a chance to um, just kind of uh, pitch your book again. I know oh, by the time you. we drop this, I think it's already going to be out because it's coming out in a few days as we yeah. speak. Um, so tell people how they can get a hold of it and then also where they can find your uh, business and your website, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, so you can, you, if you just go to my uh, website, tonyzork.com, um, T-O-N-Y-Z-O-R-C.com, you can go to the author page and find my book. There's links to buy it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, the audiobook's coming out real quickly here too. Um, but my book's called Iconoclasm, and it's a survival guide in the post-pandemic economy. So what it what Iconoclasm is, is it's a formula. It's a challenge, design, execute formula, and applying it to things that have changed as a result of the pandemic. And, and so um, I, I'm really excited about the book. I think it's got a lot of great insight and will help a lot of people think through a lot of new opportunities and, and cool new ways of doing things. Awesome. And your website for your business? Yeah, it's accountingseed.com as well. And you can get to there from my personal website too. And you can check that out as well. And, and love if you do have interest or in, in the market for accounting, we'd love to see you and do a demo for you. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending the time and this afternoon and, uh, and telling me your story. I appreciate it. Jeff, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. All right. And thank you for listening to another episode of What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arkalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arkalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.